Alrighty, everybody. Good morning. This is the Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. It is hard to believe, Wiz, but it is 4th of July weekend. One half of the year is in the books. And uh, you and I are always very excited about the second half of the year because that means football season is going on. But um, this year is definitely moving rapidly. And uh, Guru and Wiz are moving rapidly through the NFL. We're doing our team capsules each and every division, team by team. We're up to the AFC South. So, Wiz, happy Saturday to you. Yeah, happy Saturday, and uh, we are moving along. And I, know, I don't know, I know we haven't spoken about this because it happened, I think, yesterday. Did you happen to notice that uh, Josh Gordon has put his uh, papers in to be reinstated this year? Uh, I did see it, and, you know, you kind of shake your head. And, you know, it's, it's got to be eight or nine years that he's removed from that unbelievable season that he had. And it, and it seems like he always kind of... He comes into the conversation at some point in time, every couple of years. We know guys like Steph infatuated with the player. But, you know, Josh Gordon's got to be, is he 30 now? I think he's got to be 30 years old now. And it's just a, it's a very sad saga of a super talented guy that's just never been able to get his head right and and just too much misdirection in his life. And, and, you know, when you... Uh, the famous line from a movie, A Bronx Tale, one of my favorite movies, and they talk about wasted talent. And I think Josh Gordon, in the dictionary, you would see Josh Gordon's face uh, ne- next to that phrase. Yeah, I mean, I was trying to think who in sports, you know, he could compare to when you think of what ifs. I mean, you know, the only player in all you know the major sports that I could think of where, boy, he just had incredible talent, but like just for other reasons, couldn't stay on the field. Like Steve Howe from baseball, like an amazing pitcher with great stuff, but he had all kinds of, you know, issues with substance abuse and um, and couldn't stay on the field. And maybe I guess to a point Dwight Gooden, uh, you know, but uh, you know, Dwight Gooden, I think, played, you know, a little bit more. You know, I don't know. You look at Josh Gordon and you see his talent, and obviously he's, you know, no longer in his prime, even if he was able to stay back on the field. But he was really an unstoppable force uh, when he did play. So, yeah, I think it's a, a bit of a sad situation and see, uh, to see maybe the, what could have been. Yeah, it is unfortunate. It is very unfortunate. And, um, yeah, I, I don't know. You know, again, there are a lot of there are a lot of sad tales in, in sports. We've seen sometimes it's injury that derails that. It's really unfortunate when you know personal demons kind of get in the way. But as you mentioned, you know we've we've seen it before, and and it's an unfortunate thing. But uh, yeah, I would be surprised, like I said, if he made any kind of impact. I think a lot of people have tried to help this player. Uh, you know, organizations that like the Patriots and the and the Seahawks in the past. You know, guys that have been, you know, had the ability in the past to really, you know, help rehabilitate guys. And, uh, you know, nothing's really helped Josh Gordon, and it's unfortunate. But uh, we'll see what happens with that. But um, today we're going to be doing the Houston Texans. And uh, speaking of unfortunate, that's it's an adjective that's uh, very apt in this situation. I, I This is a team that is not that far removed from division championships. But when, when you look at what's transpired here in Houston. Um, There's just a lot of of bad things that have happened to this organization. And I think first and foremost, it it really starts with what's happened with Deshaun Watson. And even before he had his legal issues, and and, and that's going to be the more pressing issue for him now, you know, he basically 
become disenchanted with the franchise, the way the franchise was was run. You know, we had O'Brien running running the show both as a both as a GM and as a coach, and I don't think he was very good at either one of those. I think there was a lot of talent on this roster a few years ago that definitely underperformed. And now you're looking at a situation, Wiz, where I don't know if, if there's odds out there yet on on Owen seventeen on this particular team. And it's a tricky one, obviously, with um, the situation surrounding Watson. But I don't expect Watson to be playing football, uh, definitely not for the Houston Texans in the NFL. I think it's going to be very unlikely that he that he plays f- football as well. Um, so given that situation, lo and behold, Tyrod Taylor once again finds himself in a situation where He's apparently the starting quarterback coming into a season. We remember what happened with the Browns a few years ago. Uh, last year, I, I don't, you know, we, there's still a lot of sketchy uh, information around that punctured lung that allowed Justin Herbert to have his tremendous rookie season. And it looks like Tyrod Taylor is going to be the starting quarterback for the Houston Texans this year. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm not looking or going to have any, you know, Davis Mills or Tyrod Taylor, you know, direct. Thing. You know, neither, neither of those two quarterbacks should be drafted in any formats whatsoever. Uh, I guess my question, you know, before we move on to the running backs, unless you have something to add about the quarterbacks, is if Deshaun Watson, you know, if the situation is unclear or if his legal issues get settled and the NFL hands him a, a 10-game suspension, an eight-week suspension, or something along those lines, do you just completely pass on him, just you know, not knowing how it's going to be when he gets back in there, if he gets back in there, or would you, in a you know, I guess in a snake draft, would you take a 14th or 15th round flyer on Deshaun Watson, or he's going to be somebody else's problem as far as you're concerned? I actually would take a depending on my situation and the type of league that's in, the size of the roster, if I'm doing an auction, how much money I have. I, 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 and particularly if it's a dynasty league, I, I think you're going to see that in, in keeper leagues where there's a number of people that are going to be looking at Deshaun Watson and being the age that he is and the talent that he is, and they're going to be willing to take that chance. And I think I would probably be in that camp, not necessarily in a keeper league. I, I'm not sure I would wait. I would waste it. It would really depend on the situation. But tucking him away as a second quarterback, yeah, it's something that I would definitely consider. Yeah, I think I think that has to be considered. I, I, you know, the other quarterbacks, uh, you know, I'm not even you know going to look at, and not not only uh, should they not be drafted in all, all formats, they they almost you know make the skill players on the team, the rest of the team, the rest of the positions, kind of irrelevant. You know, moving to the running back position, I have you know David Johnson up somewhere around a, a flex spot. You know, could he end up in the top 25 at the position and be a running back too? Possibly. But, you know, as far as the other guys, they got Burkhead there, Ingram, Philip Lindsay. I mean, with the combination of how bad they're going to be and how much the defense is going to be on the field combined with no Deshaun Watson, I may have a little interest in David Johnson. I think he could be, like I said, more like a flex player. But as far as the running backs go, it it looks like an ugly situation because not only don't you have Deshaun Watson there, but you have the other guys who all figure to get a little bit of playing time. So I don't really see much value at all for any of the Texan running backs. I don't know if you see it differently. 
So this is an interesting one. So if you look at the Texan running back room, there are three guys who in the past have rushed for 1,000 yards in a season. That is the only team in the NFL that can actually uh, make that point. Um, I would say certainly a guy like Ingram is probably far removed from that over the over the age of 30 now. I, I would argue that David Johnson probably loops into that conversation as well. His better years behind him. We do know what he did five years ago, but this is a different David Johnson. He's older. He's been through a number of uh, different injuries. Philip Lindsay, to me, is intriguing, as always. I thought he was the better running back when he was with the Broncos. I don't think he was quite utilized in a proper fashion. And Philip Lindsay, in his first two seasons in the NFL, did rush for 1,000 yards, and he can catch the football. So I think it's an interesting running back group. I, I, looking a little bit closer, I actually didn't realize because he finished the season pretty strongly. I didn't have him on any of my teams, but David Johnson was actually the 19th ranked in PPR leagues, 19th ranked fantasy running back last year. So so there could be some value in the running back in Houston. Now, which guy that's going to be? I don't think it's going to be Ingram. And I think it's a question of whether it's Johnson or, or Lindsey. And I think in whether it's a snake draft or whether it's an auction draft, these players will come with a relatively cheap price. Uh, so, yeah, something to keep in mind. I, I, I think it it's definitely depth depth adding on your roster that's not something to your point was I'm not leaning on any of these guys becoming a number two and I think borderline number three and it, given the fact that it's kind of a crowded running back room yeah I think David Johnson may have some flex appeal if you will and uh, uh, some value at, 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 at the flex uh, but like if you finish the, you know, barely inside the top 20 with Deshaun Watson, now you take away Deshaun Watson and a more competitive running back room. Uh, I'm not too optimistic about any of those guys, but uh, how do you see the wide receiver position for the Texans this year? Oh, so, so it's interesting. We know that. So the last two years they've spent uh, a draft pick on, on a wide receiver. Last year was Isaiah Coulter uh, out of Rhode Island. This year it's Nico Collins who opted out um, at Michigan, but uh, had a, had a very strong year in 2019 in, in his college season. Um, we saw a couple of things happen last year. First off, both Randall Cobb and, and Kiki Kute were, were actually contributors in this passing offense, but obviously that's with Deshaun Watson as the quarterback. And, you know, Brandon Cooks, say what you want about this player. The guy's now caught over a 1,000 yards with four different organizations. This is a player that's twice been traded for number one draft picks. Um, you know, Brandon Cooks has been, uh, you know, kind of an unheralded guy, but, you know, very steady when he has a proper quarterback situation around him. And he was able to stay off the injured list last year. Uh, there were some concerns around that player. Uh, he had some head injuries with the Rams back in 2019. He was on the field a lot last year, and he was the most effective guy in, in this offense, um, uh, you know, outside of Will Fuller. And I would say if I probably looked, at, looked very closely at it, I think Cooks probably outperformed him slightly. But, you know, I'm not super high on it just because I'm not real confident in Tyrod Taylor as a, as a consistent passer. We've, we've not seen that in, in the past. There will be games where these guys will be contributing factors, particularly Cooks. Um, I, I would say Cobb. Would have been, is, is definitely the biggest um, loser in having Tyrod Taylor quarterback. And depending on how things shake out with the other guys, but Kiki Kute is a guy that probably is going to be out there in three three receiver sets to start. But, you know, David Culley is the new head coach. He was the passing game coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, is a guy that's been in the league a long time. Uh, we know the Ravens don't have a particularly adept passing, uh, uh, passing, sorry, passing game. It'll be interesting to see how much of the playbook, I know Tyrod Taylor is a 
quarterback that can move around. And, you know, do they run a Baltimore-style offense here, which obviously does spell a bit of despair for fantasy receivers here. This is not a receiving group that I'm going to be looking at, Wiz, uh, in terms of fantasy drafts. Yeah, I kind of see it the same way. I won't even consider anybody else except Brandon Crooks. He would have been a rock-solid wide receiver, too, coming to the season with Deshaun Watson. Without him, I'm still going to rank him as a wide receiver. I I think he could finish inside the top 35. So I'm going to rank him as a wide receiver three. You know, it, it all depends if he if he if he goes, you know, basically for nothing in auction drafts and extremely late for snake val in snake drafts, he could have a little bit of value. But he's a player that I I went I believe from you know looking to draft to probably looking to avoid because of the Deshaun Watson situation. And uh, you know, I, I, as far as the tight end situation, defense and kicker. Um, I'm not going to be looking to draft any of those position players from the Titan uh, from the Texans. I don't know if you see it differently, but uh, I'm going to avoid those three positions on the Texans. And I think I I think that's correct. Uh, I mean, Jordan Aikens, you know, he's intrigued me before. I, I tried to kind of be cute with him a, a few times last year in, in DraftKings type picks. It never actually worked out on a consistent basis. Every once in a while, he, he would do that. And he's the clear cut tight end one on this team now. Um, as as players have kind of moved on, it, it was you know Darren Fells was here. I think he's on the Lions roster now, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Aikens is an athletic guy who's a former baseball pitcher. You know, you could make an argument that, uh, and, and by the way, when he did, when he was on the field, he was basically going out as a receiver most of the time. So it's, it's a guy that I'll be watching with some potential value. I, I'm just watching the situation. I'm not going to completely discount Jordan Aikens. I have a, l- a little bit of a sick fascination for the player. Um, as far as defense and kicker, no, I'm staying away from that. I think the one, in, the one amazing thing, Wiz, that I came up with, this is unbelievable with, with, um, with Houston. Houston last year had, if I'm not mistaken, three interceptions, which is that's insane. A team having only three interceptions for defense. We know J.J. Watts moved on. Uh, Whitney Merciless is still here. They signed guys like Christian Kirksey and Desmond King and, 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 and Collins. But this is the only intriguing thing here from the defense is that Lovey Smith, who's had a lot of success as a defensive coordinator in the past in this league, is now the defensive coordinator. But I, I, I got to suspect that Houston's going to be behind most of the time. As I said early in the podcast, I think 0-17 odds have to be looked at with this particular team. It's not a good team. They're the worst team in this division. And again, this is all with the expectations of no Deshaun Watson. But I don't like anything that I see amongst the kicking situation. Fairband a couple of years ago was a big leg and very valuable from a fantasy perspective. But in this offense, I don't see that to be in case with. Yeah, you don't really want to have a kicker where, you know, you're not quite sure how many times they're going to be in the opposing team's red zone and also how many how many times uh, they're going to be trailing. You know, you want to have a kicker where, 
you know, the, he's a great kicker. The kick, the coach will send you out for fifties. The can, you know, may, the conditions are good. The team has a great offense where they're in the red zone often, and the team is winning uh, because you know a team that's down by fourteen points in the fourth quarter, or seventeen points, or twenty-one, or whatever the Texans are going to be down, they're not about to start kicking field goals uh, in the second half. So for all of those reasons, and probably a few more, if I had a few more seconds to think about it, I won't be drafting, uh, you know, any tight ends, kickers, or defense or the defense for uh, from the from the Texans this year. So I'm going to give the best news of all, uh, Wiz, about the Texans. Uh, so I don't know if you know the story behind this. So the head of football operations for the Houston Texans now is a man named Jack Easterly. He started in this league as a team chaplain. Uh, he was the Patriots team chaplain. He worked his way up to a couple of, he was doing a couple of things where he was like a counselor and uh, things like that. And he's worked him, worked his way up through the executive ranks and he's now the head of football operations. But I think the best thing is his experience as a chaplain. I think there's going to be a lot of prayers needed this year for this team. So maybe Jack Easterly's uh, past experience um, as a chaplain will be one of the biggest beneficiaries for the Houston Texans this year. Yes, I will. <laughs> I will agree and uh, and leave it like that. But uh, you know, uh, like Andy Dufresne said in the Shawshank Redemption, hope is a good thing. But I'm not sure there's going to be much hope for the Texans this year. All right, so that that we're going to end it on that note. It's going to be a tough year in Houston. Uh, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Uh, we'll be back on the other side with the Indianapolis Colts. That's a very different story that we'll be telling there. And Wiz, talk to you in a bit. Yep, you do the same.